we're back here in the Wendy's first quarter here on 1025 The Game. Darren McFarland and Brad Hopkins. You know this time every Thursday morning, it's time to talk MMA with you. This week, Chris Pappas is out of town. He's out in California. We have Ed Clay in studio again. Ed, good to see you. It's good to see you, Darren. And we are joined by a very special guest that we're very excited about, Josh Gross, who covers uh, MMA. He's an MMA writer for ESPN.com, does a great job of covering the sport and has been doing it for a long time. And he, we now say good morning to him. Josh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, happy to be here, fellas. Good morning. Good morning, and, you know, we're excited here because the UFC is coming back. It's the first time they've been back to Nashville since April of 2009 when we hosted a UFC fight night. But uh, January the 20th, Friday night, Bridgestone Arena, should be another great crowd here in Nashville. And Melvin Gillard and Jim Miller will highlight the card. What do you think about this card that's going to be on FX and right here in Nashville? Well, it's you know the the first uh, salvo in the relationship really between the UFC and Fox on FX. Uh, the, the prelims uh, for this weekend's fights will be on FX, but really the first FX card, uh, I think, uh, got off to a nice start. Melvin Gillard against Jim Miller is a really good fighter, lightweight. Um, two talented guys at 155 pounds. Two both you know, need a win. Uh, they were on nice runs and then had a, had a bit of a hiccup there, but uh, for them it's an important fight. I think overall, if you, if you look up and down the card, it's an action fight. It's a stand-up action fight. I mean, Dwayne Ludwig against Josh Neer is a is a stand-and-bang fight. And so I, I think the fans will really enjoy what the UFC put together. I agree with you 100% there, Josh. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts uh, from UFC 141. Uh, Brock Lesnar calls it a day after Alistair, Alistair Overeem pretty much you know, stops him in his tracks. You know, what do you think about his career, and uh, how do you think he'll be remembered? You know, I, I think that's to be determined. Uh, it's tough to say. In the immediate aftermath, a lot of people were taking their shots at Lesnar. Um, which I guess is easy to do. I mean, if you want, it, you know, ends the ends his UFC career five and three. Um, I think it, it's difficult because it was almost two stages in such a short uh, amount of time in the cage. He came in really not knowing much, relying on his physical talent and his ability. Uh, he had no idea, I think, what he was getting into, um, and, and so. You know, he, he was explosive and exciting early on. He was the kind of guy that you sort of looked at and said, wow, this is someone who's a different sort of individual, even with all the great athletes in mixed martial arts. He, he seems to transcend all that. And then he got sick, and he had the physical ailments, and he got hurt in the fight. You know, Cain Velasquez beat him up pretty good, and all of a sudden the reality sets in that, wow, you know, I just can't walk through these people. I, I may get hurt in a fight. And I think at that point things click differently. Um, his legacy is one is, is one of entertainment, one that drove a different set of uh, eyes to mixed martial arts. Um, clearly, the pro wrestling connection was important to him in that way. But I, I think he is a, a figure that really sort of broke down, uh, you know, the barrier between the casual audience, people who may have heard of mixed martial arts and, and who hadn't heard it, and, and he brought a lot of people into the game who hadn't been there before. So he's important in that respect. Now, you know, I remember about. Ten years ago, maybe uh, I'm not sure exactly when the Fertitas bought the UFC, but uh, sitting to, uh, next to you in the press area, and I think you were working for Sherdog at the time. Is that where you started? Probably. Yeah, it was probably Sherdog. Talk about you know over the years you've seen a lot of stuff go on in the sport, and kind of talk about how you've seen it evolve and uh, you know where it was then and where it was today, and, and that whole experience, that whole ride. Yeah, look, one of the real privileges that I've had is covering the sport. Um, since its dark ages. I mean, not a lot of reporters have had the chance to cover a sport from a place where it was once considered what human cockfighting was the words John McCain used. And it was banned. And really the only place that I could watch it in Southern California, which is where I grew up, 
on Native American reservations. I had to drive three and a half hours to watch this stuff on baseball diamonds at midnight. You know, I thought Jeremy Horn and, and wow. John Marsh and all these guys fight in that kind of environment. And um, for whatever reason, I was drawn to it, and I discovered I love journalism as well, and I combined the two. And uh, it, it really has been a wild ride. I think, uh, you know, you, you break this thing down into pre-2005 and post-2005 is when the ultimate fighter on Spike TV kicked in. Uh, and we always said, everybody who was a fan of the sport, who covered the sport, that once it was exposed on television and people really had a chance to see the fights for what they were and not for you know what people thought they were perception-wise, and, and got a chance to really recognize the, the fighters as athletes as opposed to whatever the stigma was, that there would be a huge shift. And that, and that happened. I mean, the Ultimate Fighter was completely instrumental in changing the idea in terms of how people saw these fighters, saw the fights, saw the action. And MMA has a component to it. You know, I always call it like a sort of a sticky like component. You watch it, it touches somewhere in your soul, it touches you. And um, either you may not like it, but you remember it. And if you see it again, you, you watch. And uh, but most people I've, I've come across tend to like it on some level. And I think uh, that speaks to the amount of success it's had over the last decade. Now, Brad played 13 years in the NFL, and we talk about this next subject a lot on this show. We also have a hockey team in town in the NHL. Certainly this issue that I'm going to bring up is prevalent in really all sports, and I don't think it's any different now on the MMA front. So I want to ask you, Josh, and you probably have figured out where I'm going with this, uh, where are we at with concussions? I mean, John Fitch, who we talked to before his fight uh, with UFC 141, not a good night for him. Johnny Hendricks ends his night in 12 seconds. Pretty uh, uh, scary thing when you see these fighters jump up and grab a ref and they just don't know where they're at. Uh, do we think that we're up to speed as we uh, start off 2012 with concussions in the sport? Well, I don't think the sport's been around long enough to really make a determination yet. Clearly, there are going to be issues. I mean, there are going to be guys who take too many punches, not necessarily in fights, but you're talking about repeated headshots in the gym, training, that's really where the damage is because you, you can't see when a guy gets dazed or knocked down in the gym, and generally they're going to continue. It's, you know, it's up to the trainers and the fighters themselves to make that call, and most guys will just battle through that. I mean, I'm sure Brad is well aware of what, what, what athletes are willing to put themselves through and not, and not you know, going to admit that uh, they're feeling something that's off. Um, you know, I, I do think that over time there are going to be cases where clearly – Look, this is a dangerous sport. Guys are taking headshots. There's going to be cases where, um, unfortunately, uh, people are affected and their lives are affected over the long term. Um, you know, is that an accepted risk? Is that, is that okay for, for people to deal with? You know, I, I think we'll, we'll see. Uh, clearly, the NFL has taken major steps to address it. They had to uh, from a perception standpoint, PR standpoint, and also for the health and safety of the athletes that, that they are in business with. And, you know, if, if it becomes a real issue, if we start seeing this stuff, play out in the UFC, um, I, I think the UFC is going to be forced into a position as well where, uh, you know, they're going to have to address it. But it, it's incumbent on the state regulators. I mean, you know, UFC goes state to state. Uh, different jurisdictions have different standards uh, for, for licensing procedures. Uh, in the end, at the end of the day, it really comes down to how the states handle the testing and determine whether a fighter is able to compete or not. Um, they're the ones that are going to be culpable in the end, even though everybody's going to be looking at the UFC. But uh, 
for the most part, you know, it, it, it depends on the Tennessee State Athletic Commission in a major way and, and how they regulate and give licenses to fighters. Checking in from L.A. is MMA columnist Josh Gross joining us here in the Wendy's first quarter. Uh, the California State Athletic Commission, Josh, last week uh, issued a license suspension for Strikeforce women's featherweight champion uh, Christy Santos, the cyborg, for a year. They also fined her $2,500. Now, is that something that we're going to see, you know, maybe more so as women get involved in this sport more, them actually subjecting themselves to the same kind of things that men do as far as performance-enhancing drugs? Well, look, I think, unfortunately, it's part of the culture of mixed martial arts. I wrote a big column on it for ESPN.com that ran Sunday, um, where there is this prevailing attitude in the sport, uh, in part because of a failing, because of the regulators, um, the testing is so haphazard, uh, but also, I believe, because of Zufa, which is the UFC, um, that you know that they are willing to promote people who test positive for steroids. And uh, you know that attitude exists right now where the rewards outweigh the risk. And I think that dynamic has to change. The risk has to outweigh the reward before anything changes on the, on the PED front. Um, you know, women are using, men are using. Um, you, you talk to fighters, and they say it's pretty prevalent. And, and I mean, that's been documented now for, for several years. Um, you know, is, is it as prevalent on the women's side as the men's side? I don't know. I do know that the women have, uh, some women competitors have come out and said, you know, this is just completely unacceptable. Uh, we can't have this because essentially it's like a man fighting a woman when you, when you add in um, testosterone or winstrol, which is what uh, Cyborg was appar- apparently on. So it, it's it's got to change. It's got to change. Like the stero- like the concussion discussion, it's something that in the long term has the opportunity and the ability to hurt the UFC's bottom line, and so I think it will be addressed eventually. Uh, we're just not there yet. Uh, the next Ultimate Fighter, we have Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber as the coaches, yeah. and they're doing uh, a bit of a different format. It's going to be 12 weeks long, um, and I guess they're, they're actually going to be documenting uh, Uriah and Dominic's training up to the fight. Uh, what do you think about the new format and uh, how they're doing it? I think it's great. Um, you know, it's live every Friday night on FX, so it's like a live fight night. Um, you know, you can always wonder about the quality of the fights because over the last few years, the Ultimate Fighter has not produced a high quality of fighter. But for the most part, I mean, the fact that it's live, it's not taped, um, it does add a, a, a much better different, a much better feel to it. You know, it's uh, all of a sudden you, you don't know what you're getting. Uh, I think it's going to help the ratings. It's going to help a, a program that was maybe stagnating a little bit in the minds of at least hardcore fans. I know it's very successful among the casual audience, but the hardcore fans weren't, weren't feeling the Ultimate Fighter over the last few years. I, I think this breathes life into the property. Um, and look, Uriah and Dominic are two great fighters. They don't like one another. I think uh, I think as far as the first season goes, the UFC would have been hard pressed to find two guys who would represent uh, themselves better and the sport better and make it interesting. And hopefully, they find uh, a high enough caliber of athlete to fight and, and makes it worth watching. Are we going to remember Gina Carano more as an actor or a fighter? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Have you seen the Haywire reviews? I don't I don't know exactly how she's. It's going to be, uh, I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't seen the movie yet. Come on, Josh, you got your tickets. You know you do. <laughs> hey, I've seen the pictures. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, I'm, I'm waiting to spend my $15 or whatever it costs to watch a movie now. I'll go, I'll go see here. But uh, I'll, uh, I'll say this. Um, I think, I think Strike Force would love to see Gina Carano come back, especially now in the wake of Cyborg, uh, losing Cyborg for a year. You know, all of a sudden, uh, the, it might be a little bit more tempting for uh, Gina to come back. She so won't have to face Cyborg. Um, not that she wouldn't have wanted to avenge the loss, but uh, you know, I, I think not having to deal with that is, is maybe makes the chances higher. Is she can be remembered more as an actress or a fighter? I think probably a fighter. Fight, fighting is what got her the acting gig. 
Um, you know, but hey, maybe she'll surprise people and, uh, you know, she'll, she'll do that conversion. Not a lot of people have been able to do it. Well, you're right about that. Josh, keep up the great work on ESPN.com. Thanks so much for doing this, and uh, we will talk to you down the road. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Anytime, guys. Thank you. All right. That is Josh Gross, uh, MMA columnist for ESPN.com, and we appreciate him joining us here on this Thursday morning. Brought to you by NHRT. Be big, dig deeper, be strong. Innato Natural HGH. Exclusively get yours at NHRT.com. Boy, this would be a good time to give away tickets to the UFC fight night on Ooh. FX here in Nashville that next Friday. Super fan. What a segue. Woohoo. Nice. <laughs> 737-1025-737-1025. Shooter, three pairs? Three pairs. How about callers five, six, and eight? Ooh. <laughs> five, so six, and eight. Five, six, and eight. It's like three, four, ten. I'm calling right now. <laughs> you can't I'm call. seven. You can't what? call. I'm calling right now. So uh, we hope to see a great crowd down there for that next Friday night, January the 20th. Uh, so we'll give away three pairs to that right now, and all you have to do is call us at 737-1025. That was good talking to Josh. Yeah, he's a good guy. He, he's been around a long time, and uh, like I, I remember uh, sitting next to the guy, and he's all professional with his computer. And mm-hmm. Back then, this is so funny. You know, now we have internet and stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, are we getting that old? <laughs> no, back but, then with this typewriter. We literally had phones, and I, I didn't know who to call. I'm like, why do we have these phones? I guess you call in the media or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I, I had a uh, fight magazine back then, so I was like, you know what? It was the first UFC uh, that, that the Fertitta brothers owned, and I picked up the phone, and I called my mom. <laughs> I was Aww. like, hi, Mom. That's so sweet. It was really wow. funny, but uh, anyways, yeah, Josh Gross has been there since back in the day. Him love him, mama. I He's do so love. Sweet. I'm a mama's boy. You know, sure. you know Ed Clay's mom is listening with that story, right? I love you, mom. Exactly. Ed, thanks okay, for doing that's this. Enough. Of course, thank you guys. We will do this next week, and it'll be the week of the fight that here in Nashville. Be. Same bad time, same bad time. We will take our final break and come back and wrap up the Wendy's first quarter next here on 102.5 The Game.